Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. I think the Gold Ranger is like the nicest one yet. It's really solid. Well, I mean, they had to make up for it after the the mustard colored gold ranger we oh got. Oh my god, that was horrible, dude. That I I'm looking at it now, like that thing that has not left the box. It looks great in packaging, but yeah. no, it, I'm not taking it out. Hell no. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, episode 142, Ranger Merch Review, Boom Studios Power Ranger Comics, Part 6, Go Go Beyond the Grid, recorded on August 1st, 2019. Welcome to Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. I'm Chris, also known as Toku Chris. Oh, wait, no. See, I'm out of order now because he's not here. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> I'm Chris, also known as Long Stories. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Rover Queen. And I'm Derek. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Ranger Command PH to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Juan S., Doug F., Steve F., Bo H., Tyler W., Eric D., Sean V., Christopher M., Liz M., Craig M., Arnold O., Derek, Derek G, right over here, uh, Teresa B, and Jacob P for supporting us this month. What's going on, y'all? I love your code. Like, I wonder who Teresa B is. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> yeah, it's my wife. <laughs> Very subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? She's she's supported the podcast ever since we uh, launched the Patreon, so that's good. So that's awesome. <laughs> she, she doesn't need to, but she does. So I mean, it goes right back. So um, <laughs> anywho, this is great because for the first time on the show, we've got Roe from Legion of Boom on here. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's awesome to have you on the show, man. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you guys for all the love. You've been showing the Legion, man, but checking out you guys as well, man. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm excited. Let's talk about these comics, y'all. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And um, in case anyone doesn't follow Roe, we'll have all the links in our show notes to all of our guest co-hosts. And you're doing like comic reviews now too, right? Yeah, I'm doing comic reviews. Uh, the, I've been mostly focusing on yeah, Power Rangers because <laughs> been trying to get this YouTube thing like all figured out. Almost every Necessary Evil review up. Ex- yeah, almost every single one up. So yeah, go check it out if you want to. Nice. So again, we'll have uh, links to all of that in our show page. So first off, let's get to some news here. First off, out of nowhere this week, we got from Best Buy the leak of Lost Galaxy Red and Psycho Red 2-pack. Oh, yeah. That was so out of left field. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> like, I just remember, like, casually, like, school and the timeline, and I was like, wait, is this real? I thought it was, like, a prank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really great-looking set. I know some people were confused, like, hey, why not In Space Red? And I'm like, 
because that'd probably go better with an astronomer <laughs> yeah. figure. It makes sense, you know, the Psycho Rangers did show up in Lost Galaxy for like a whole nother arc in that show, so I think it makes sense. I love the civilian head. Yeah, it looks great. They nailed his yeah, yeah, they're getting really, really good at the likenesses. Like, I was looking at some of the Star Wars figures released from, or shown at SDCC last night, and, like, the Natalie Portman one for that episode two, uh, Padme, I mean, it's crazy how good they're getting with these likenesses. It's really awesome. Yeah, I like the idea of two-packs packaging, like, characters from different seasons, too. Like, obviously, there's a story reason for these being together, but if they can mm-hmm. find story reasons for, like, packing them together for, through like crossovers or something like that. Cause then you just get more variety in the, in the different seasons that come out. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like that we're getting like a hero villain. One of the great things, you know, that was floating around when this news came up was that gif of psycho red battling lost galaxy red. And that's what we heard at San Diego comic-con Hasbro said, we like these story moments and, heroes that have a great backstory and that are fan favorites and psycho red coming out (laughs) so close to bandai's release of it is just i feel like that's a big middle finger like look what we can do (laughs) i'll be interested to see them next to each other like actually in hand yeah definitely yeah a little bummed that there's no shirt ripping action on leo though i feel like that's Hey, man, anything is possible. <laughs> true. True. We're going to get a special edition one later on. That'll yeah, be that'll be That's going to be an exclusive later on. exclusive, yeah. <laughs> Only at shows that he's at at his table. <laughs> Super limited edition. I really love the effect of a separate hand from Psycho Red with the lightning attached to it. That is so unique. It's really cool. It's just a repack from an Emperor Palpatine figure. Hasbro also makes those. So. Is, is it really? I'm just <laughs> <laughs> They do like to reuse their effect pieces, though. Yeah, you know what? I did get MMPR Red and Zeo Gold, and I pulled out like that lightning effect for gold, and it's like this curvy, floppy piece. I'm like, how do I even wrap this around the staff? <laughs> I think it's the same one that came with Zed, just in a different color, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's still cool that they have these effect parts. And I'm digging the packaging. I love the all red theme that they got going on. But I think like a day later, Best Buy took it down from their site. So, whoops. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm also just excited to have them on the same shelf with the Magna Defender. Yeah, totally. That Magna Defender looks dope. I'm so excited about him. My God, just the detailing of what they're able to do. And you can see it on the Magna Defender, like his armor pieces. It still looks like that modeled foam that they use to create the suits. Like there's this texture on it. That's crazy. And if you look at the press shots that were floating around for Psycho Red, he's got the same thing. There's all these like marks in his black armor where the foam or whatever they use for the costumes all the little crinkles and folds and i think it's that attention to detail that is really going to make these figures stand out yeah definitely didn't they say with the gold bar that there's like spots on the figure where it shows imperfections on the suit yeah there's because i saw that at toy fair and there was like little crinkles in 
some of the joints like in his boots and stuff. And it really replicates the foam construction for the monsters and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. It's one thing I'm really excited for the Lightning Collection. And I didn't even think about, oh yeah, Lost Galaxy Red and Magnet Defender. That's going to be a great team up when you get both of those figures. Mm-hmm. And I really love that it comes with the saber in both like dagger and saber forms, the Quasar saber. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good. This whole thing is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hasbro's just wilding right now, man. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. Moving on, Beast Morphers has been airing in Australia and France and other places. I think we just found out today that it's coming back August 24th. That seems like okay. the most likely date, which is good because that's four days before Power Rangers Day on August oh, 24th. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. And... The next issue of MMPR, the comic, comes out on August 28th, because that's a Wednesday. Oh! So it's coming out on Power Rangers Day. Oh, that's yeah. okay. Then. I, I guess that makes sense. I like the synergy. It's good. Yeah, good synergy. <laughs> the thing is just killing me is just waiting for Beast Movers to come back. This is such a great season, and like yeah. that hiatus, man, it drags, honestly. I'm trying not to watch the international episodes, yeah. but I'm starting to lose... <laughs> my resolve. I, I watched all of them yesterday. <laughs> I mean, these guys are going to be done by the time it comes back for us. Well, okay, I did watch one episode. Well, no, I watched two. There was one where you know everyone was talking about steel and this and that. So I was like, uh, okay. And I watched it. I was like, oh, wow, this is this is great. I'm glad that, you know, the quality is continuing. And then everybody and their mother was talking about episode 14 with the debut of Fury Mode. And I was like, crap, I have to watch it. And it was good. Is real good. Is <laughs> 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, last episode, we caught everyone up on the titles and descriptions. We didn't do any spoilers. So now this is just an update. These come from Power Rangers Now. Episode 14, Sound and Fury. Uh, the Ranger skills are put to the test when Blaze uses evil tech to massively enhance his Robotron's destructive power. Episode 15, Seeing Red, the Red Ranger gets amazing new powers, but they have unexpected side effects. Episode 16, Gorilla Art, Ravi resorts to drastic measures when Smash accidentally discovers a closely guarded secret. And episode Mm -hmm. 17, Ranger Reveal, when a movie star comes to town, the Ranger's secret identities are unexpectedly threatened. The movie star is JDF. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. (laughs) I've actually seen this like fan theory go around that people are actually hoping it's Dax from Overdrive. That would would be be, hilarious. That would be funny, yeah. And that would be funny if they managed to keep that like a secret. Like, I don't even think the Power Scoop mentioned something like that. So, if that's the case, that would be amazing. But considering some of the cameos we're going to get next season, I wouldn't put it past them yeah. to do something this yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be like literally anyone from a Disney era season. Cause they all went on to have careers. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. Talk about shade. <laughs> <laughs> 
finally for our news, Power Morphicon 2020 tickets are now on sale. Let's go. <laughs> As of this recording date, August 1st, they are now on sale. You can go to officialpowermorphicon.com for the links to the ticket sales. Kind of interesting. They've eliminated platinum and now it's just gold. Silver is just an add-on to red, which just adds, gives you like a t-shirt and another coin. And, of course, they also have the daily memberships and the Red Ranger, of course, which is, like, not gold. So, I think Red Ranger is uh, 70 bucks, silver upgrade is 100 and gold is 250 Yep, yep. Got mine today, and I was surprised at how easy it was. <laughs> oh, the site didn't crash? Yeah, no site crashes. Uh, oh, there were little descriptions wow. of each thing that told you what each package contained. They're using show clicks, which is becoming more popular with shows. Like, just a couple days ago, I bought tickets for uh, Halo Outpost Discovery this Saturday. Oh, nice. And they use show clicks, and it was easy. And I know we've given Power Morph got a lot of flack before for some of the issues. And they deserve most of them. Yeah. But I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad they're finally like seeming to recognize some of the problems, but I mean this came out of nowhere. Usually they give people a couple weeks notice and there was like some confusion. Like their Facebook at one point said, It's tomorrow, and then Twitter was like, No, later in August. And then they deleted that and was like, no, it's, it's indeed tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, the tweet they deleted was from like five days ago. And then see what I think they're doing is I think they're throwing it up on August 1st and they said that you're going to have a year to get tickets. So I think this is all conjecture, but I think they're going to probably have like a cap off time where they're going to say, OK, maybe August 1st of 2020 it closes. And then that way that gives them a month to kind of compile the data get their stuff together, realize how much t-shirts and everything they have to order, and then hopefully have everything ready because this show's about a month after that. They are closing ticket sales. Oh, wait, hold on. Chris is trying to join. <laughs> he, I'm already in the call. What are you talking about? No, no, other Chris. <laughs> <laughs> there can only be one. This is the Highlander. Uh, he says, I'm ready to be inside you. Our group call. <laughs> I was drinking at that exact moment. <laughs> <Can't do> that. <laughs> Please don't check out any of this. Uh, nothing ever works. <laughs> Technology's weird, man. <laughs> now, see, if this was my podcast, this would all be in there. Shook would leave all of it in there, and it would just be five minutes of dead air while we try to figure out how to join someone. Hey, keep it authentic. Keep it authentic. But he's he's like literally right there. <laughs> I, I told him i'm trying to add you but it says you're unavailable and he's like i know you are because <laughs> i was calling the wrong one oh, there well. he is whoa hello hi there ladies i think i had to update skype i don't think i've updated it in like five years so well it turns out i was calling the wrong person so what you have done if they picked up <laughs> well, like legit if they're like huh what well okay, no boy. it's it's like a second account of yours he's calling the power ranger account 
All right, we got everyone in here? Yep. Pull up the show notes. Cool. Maybe read the comics. Yeah. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. It's beyond the grid. You're probably fine. Yeah, that's why we're starting with the Go-Go arc first. Please. Chris, we're just finishing up with the news. Introduce yourself to the listeners. You deleted my fun uh, extra addition to it. (laughs) I loved it, but (laughs) I was here for it. Hello, my name is Chris. You may know me as Toku Chris on social media. And thumbs up. I love you, Chris. I love you more. You want to go watch some Netflix or something? Wait, definitely let's do it. Sweet. So news. Uh, let's see. Let me go through the news real quick. Uh, Lightning Collection Best Buy. Whoops, that wasn't supposed to be out. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Beast Morphers episode titles and descriptions. Just wait for Australia. It's like next week. Power Morphicon. Still waiting, to see, <laughs> still waiting to see if Hasbro's doing anything with that before I buy in. I just go for the merch. Let's be real. I was say one of um, the articles I read said that they were going to be there and unveil stuff. I don't know if it's true or not. Wait, what article? Depends on the. <laughs> I think it was from Mike. Boy Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know where the rest of the Power Morphicon Express shows are. They're supposed to do like six. Wait, did they do any more? No, <laughs> so, no. There's only so many locations in Texas, Chris. <laughs> How fast can JDF get there in his various sports cars? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I think that's it, right? Yeah, there you go. I mean, cool. You think he runs a red light and goes, see ya! Oh, I, I would I would not put it past him. Or do you think he goes, <laughs> <laughs> I only care about two colors of the stoplight. <laughs> oh, God. There's no green. There's no white light here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go to our main topic. We're going to review the first half of the GoGo Power Rangers, the Dragon Coin arc, which is issues 13 through 16. We'll talk a little bit about the anniversary special from last year. And then the first half of the Beyond the Grid arc. We'll save that for last. And I think arc should be in quotes. That's all right. (laughs) But yeah, first off, GoGo Power Rangers. So it's it's been a while since our part five review of the comics. That was back on episode 126. Again, we're going to be talking about the first half of the Dragon Coin arc in GoGo Power Rangers and the first half of Beyond the Grid in MMPR. Next month, we'll do uh, part seven, which will close out both arcs, give our final thoughts on those. And then (laughs) we'll do a part, we'll do a part eight uh, for some of the newer comics at a date to be determined. But first off, GoGo Power Rangers issues uh, 13 through 16. This was the start of the kind of the color swap arc that happened. And that was teased at last year's Power Morphicon. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were really flipping out when that news happened. Because I think that's when they showed the Trini and, and Jason kissing as well. Yep. Mm. Scandalous. <laughs> yeah. So one of the big changes uh, at the start of this arc, uh, Dan Mora, as of issue 12, was uh, no longer drawing uh, for the main series, except for covers. And uh, artist Eleonora uh, Carlini took over. So just in this first uh, arc, issue 16 ended with Rita obtaining 
the Dragon Coin. That issue also had the big team up where all the other uh, Mighty Morphin Rangers also swapped colors. Overall, what were your guys' impression of this part of the arc for GoGo Power Rangers? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, it's cool that they gave the Dragon Coin some back history. Um, I feel like with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like the TV show, like it was just kind of a thing that just happened. <laughs> and then like that was it. Like I think Zoran gave like a vague line saying, oh, you finally found someone to give the dragon coin to. And then like that was it. But it's cool that the comics like flesh that out. Like I always say this in my reviews. I love that the comics delve into certain aspects that the show like barely touched upon. So like that was like my big takeaway from this. And also, dude, the color swapping is, is awesome. Like. I love when, you know, the guys with pink rangers. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I was going to say a very similar thing. Like, before, it's like, oh, there's a dragon coin because Sentai footage. And now it's like, it actually makes sense. And they also bring in, like, the Wizard of Darkness and, like, some other things that they can tie together and give... Exception, thank you, sorry. And, like he said, give them backstory that didn't exist before, which I think is really fun. And the the rate or the color swap thing, you know, it's fun. You know, it wasn't going to last forever, but it was uh, a little bit of fun and switch it up a little bit. I thought it was neat, especially when they got to use each other's weapons. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was really fun. I liked. I, I have nothing against Eleonora. I think she does a great job. Uh, Dan Mora is always going to be probably my favorite Power Ranger comic book artist. So I was, <laughs> I was pretty sad to see him leave because I mean. I mean, let's face it, everything that guy draws, I want a poster of. But I, I like the overall story, and kind of to, to piggyback on what Chris was saying, I really enjoy that Ryan and even Kyle before him, they always take time to kind of add a little bit more depth to things from the show. You know what I mean? Like right. like Chris was saying, oh, you know, uh, Dragon Coin, because Sentai footage. But this actually makes you uh, a little more appreciative of, of everything that's there. And it's nothing that contradicts the television show. Mm. So technically, you could, in your own headcanon, I guess, you could go ahead and make it as like a something that happened off screen from the TV show, and it would still make sense. More so in GoGo than in, in Mighty Morphin, obviously. But, I mean, overall, the stories were engaging, and I always looked forward to reading them more so than its counterpart. One of the things that Ryan uh, Parrott has always been great about writing for GoGo, and I think, you know, that's pretty much what led him to get the writing job for both comics is just the incredible work he's been doing in GoGo. And I really love that because issue 13 was almost a reboot in itself for GoGo, not only with a new artist, but coming off the end of Shattered Grid as well, where you had Matt shrugging off all of the Rangers because he found out. So it was kind of a new start. And one of the things I liked about issue 13 of how they started the issue was they were fighting Pudgy Pig. So it's one of those moments in GoGo where, okay, they're fighting a monster that was from the TV show. Now we're getting that sense of passage of time. And they yeah. put those little moments in there to say, okay, here's where we are in the timeline without blatantly saying it. Mm-hmm. Now giving us a bunch of exposition to try to figure out where we are, and he's done that in in both books. Yeah, which is yeah. it's which is I like it, and it's it's a very easy way for us to know as as hardcore fans for you know twenty something years now for us to be like, oh okay, that's where we're at, and it's something that for those who aren't hardcore fans who don't know, they're not really missing anything. Right. Yeah, I really I think Parrot's really good at delving into like the characterization of characters that 
maybe didn't actually have very good characterization in the show originally. Mm-hmm. Um, like Trini specifically, I think he, I, I love how much focus she gets in this arc. And, you know, and I, Parrot's really good at writing these characters like insecurities and kind of understanding their anxieties and motivations a little bit better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we really see that reflected a lot in this arc. Like we literally are hearing their thoughts and like Trini and Jason are hearing each other's thoughts. So it's kind of hard to avoid like hearing what's happening in their head. But uh, I think it's also really well written and still kind of really grounded. And I actually really enjoyed the romance between Trini and Jason, or I guess like the flirtation between them. I I wasn't yeah. sure if I would like buy that necessarily. It sort of seemed like, like, oh, well, we're just going to pair a couple of characters up. But I think it worked. And I think they kind of really built up like why they would be interested in each other. Yeah, and we saw hints of that very early on in GoGo when they were testing out their powers. And uh, Trini and Jason had those outside of the regular team battles when they were really testing out their powers. That was like issue one and two. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's a yeah. while ago. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, Ryan's really good. I mean, even stuff that is is brought up in the, in the four issues we're looking at still is paying off today. Yeah the issues that are coming out between i mean uh gogo power rangers forever rangers was paying homage to some of the stuff happening in these issues right now so uh, he's just really good at at weaving planting a seed and then coming back to it later and basically plucking the fruit from it like he's just really really good at that and one of the things that i i really enjoy is not only do i collect the single issues but i also collect the trade paperbacks just so you know, the trade paperbacks become what I want to read if I, you know, want to revisit these stories. And I'm definitely going to have to do a reread at some point because I want to pick out all those details again. And just rereading a few of these issues before we started this, you know, there was stuff that I had forgot about that I was like, oh yeah, that that really plays off this past issue or, you know, they really layered that into this issue. And 13 not only had pudgy pig but we see how billy got the vw bug that eventually becomes the rad bug yeah the rad bug yeah well and none of it ever seems like they're just doing it just like here's a reference like there always seems to be a really justified story reason or character reason why it happens like when when these references come up which is which is really brilliant because i think that's kind of hard to do Yeah, and the reason Billy got the VW bug was because he referred to a story point earlier in the comics when he sold the VR headset that he turned away from Promethea. I love how the comics like weave into the show and how the comics take these points from the show that were never expanded upon and they're able to tell like a whole arc like this. Well, um, it depends on how you feel about it, but I'm pretty sure I read an interview of Ryan Perot saying that, like, you can pretty much consider everything that he's writing in canon with the TV show. So, right. I mean, it's not too far-fetched to just say, you know what, this happened. Because besides a couple of minor things, like, this is pretty much Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, right. episode for episode, except with a couple of things, like, added in between, of course. But, yeah, like, hey, I'll buy it. It's pretty much Word of God, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a Hasbro, you know, officially licensed uh, comic. And even before that, you know, Saban Brands, they have a whole story team, all of that. So obviously they're, you know, paying attention to the show and to make it in continuity. And, you know, that's what kind of takes me off when people dismiss these comics offhand and say, 
oh, it's, it's, you know, this is like fan fiction. Well, it's not. You're getting the official approval and it's up to you, I think, as a reader, if you want to consider them in canon or not. You can completely avoid the comics and the show is still there. But I think for, you know, longtime fans of this show, this is really giving a deep dive into these characters and some context to things that were only referenced once. Like, the Morphin Masters was a throwaway line in one episode and were never mentioned again. And... Now we're seeing that pay off big time through Shattered Grid and, and now with Necessary Evil. And beyond the grid, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, just to piggyback off of what you said, uh, about you know big people dismissing the comics. It's like I'm doing a rewatch of Power Rangers in general right now, and I can honestly tell you that show has not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm, I'm sorry, it hasn't. So when you have like the comics like Go Go and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it's like, dude, if this was in the TV show, this would make this rewatch like so much more smoother. But again, like, why would you dismiss something that's so great? And I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. When I first heard about Go Go, I dismissed Go Go, and then my yeah. comic guy, because um, I had Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, put Go Go in my pull list, so I just bought it, and I was like, that was probably one of the smartest things I can ever do, especially now. <laughs> Especially because they're both comics, oh. like like to piggyback off of each other. Rewinding a little bit, I remember when they first announced Go Go. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't interested in it. I, I I was in that camp of, do we really need two Mighty Morphin Power Ranger comics? Like, are you serious mm-hmm. right now? Yeah, like, exactly. this is ridiculous. But I am so glad that I gave it a chance because, um, I mean, Ryan is fantastic, and and Dan Mora's art is you know freaking should be on a church somewhere. Uh, <laughs> the church like, of I, oliver i mean no. Like, oh no oh no, no, no. the church of jebus but no i mean it's just toku jebus <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i'm just i'm very glad i gave it a chance and for those of us who did and have been reading it which i assume all of us have uh it's it's paid off incredibly and i'm hoping more fans will ignore the stigma um, one of of Power Rangers comics in general, thanks Paper Cuts, <laughs> and then sorry those, those comics were bad. Yeah, um, they were horrible. And and then also um, like everyone was saying, like just breaking the stigma of like, oh well, you know, I don't like the comics because I prefer live action. Well, look at the comics as a uh, a prose story, if you will, to what's happening mm-hmm. in the show. Hey, I wonder what happens between these two episodes. Oh, I know. Shattered Grid. You know, so, I mean, there's so much you can look at and so much you can do. And the comics, they're just, they're great. I hope they never lose a license. Just, yeah, just, I, to me, yeah. it's like, I don't understand how you can call the comics fan fiction and then look at the writing on MMPR and be like, now this is perfect. And it's like, <laughs> that's backwards. It's like, I can see the comics being the real thing and then MMPR being fan fiction. Like, I just don't know how you can look Very at Very bad fan fiction at that. <laughs> That's the whole thing that makes the conversation about like canon kind of ridiculous in in some ways when mm-hmm. you're dealing with stories that are like multimedia stories across that span like decades and are across like every possible medium like they're all going to be different and they're all going to be telling very different kinds of stories and it's like who cares if it's if if some people consider it like in continuity or not or if you do or don't consider it in continuity like if you're getting something out of it that's all that matters ultimately and look Boom Studios Power Ranger comics are now over three years old. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, this, wow. this is amazing. And the, these comics have gone me through the hiatus of the show. Yes. Like it, it keeps the conversation going for power Rangers two times a month now. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, oof. I'm more excited for what's happening in the comic than the show nine times out of ten. Sure, yeah. So exactly. That's that's not necessarily a knock on the show, sure. but I mean, even the next six episodes, I already know what happens. Thanks, Australia. But I mean, we can get into canon conversations and and how people. I mean, there's people that even dismiss the show as canon, or or I mean, we could go and talk about the Kimberly versus Catherine debate for Tommy's oh wife. Oh my god. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is that episode is episode right there. Yeah, I mean, we can go in, and I mean, there's people that legitimately still in their head believe that Tommy and Kim end up together, and the whole cat thing is no, or that because they didn't specifically state on the show that they were married and that JJ is their kid, therefore there's still a possibility. It's like, are you serious right now? Wow, it doesn't matter. He ended up with Jason anyway. Like, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Back to action. Basically, just eventually, Cat passes away, and he. Uh... He hooks up with Kim in an old age home when they're both like 90, so if you want to think they eventually get together. Catherine goes to work and, and Jason comes over. <laughs> oh, no. oh, there have been several threads in these four issues of GoGo. You had Rita on the planet of Briel, which touched back to another flashback in GoGo Power Rangers. Uh, we had the reveal of the Temple of Repulsa and that whole uh, challenge for her to get the dragon coin. And then we had the other side story with the follow-up with Zach and Kimberly uh, dealing with uh, Matt ignoring them. And then the heartbreaking story of Kimberly using Skull just because she was jealous that Matt was doing his own thing. And then Skull sticking up for himself and refusing, you know, to even kiss Kim when that was probably his dream. And so even with Bulk and Skull, they're really giving layers to everyone. Yeah, the show does like the teen soap stuff. Or not the show, the comic <laughs> does the teen soap stuff really well. Yeah, there hasn't been any fart jokes or pies and faces or anything. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Yeah, and then there was also that subplot while Rita was away, Babu's trying to drum up everyone else in uh, the Bandora Palace to kind of turn against Rita. And we haven't really seen that payoff yet, but I feel that's like a thread that has been left dangling for for something to to happen. Well, one thing I noticed in GoGo, which... um you didn't mention the show notes and I don't remember if it happens in these issues specifically or not is they go back and, and show how each member of her squad, uh, became a member of her squad. And it all yeah, kind of that played was, into that. Those were earlier issues. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and but so, they reference it. Well, yeah. And that's kind of where it's, it's kind of, kind of giving them something to do as opposed to them just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I just—I mean, like you said, we have depth for even the the villain, like even Squat and Babu. You have depth for him now. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that we're gonna get any kind of like you know, Rita Repulsa Civil War thing going on. I don't think we'll see anything like that. We don't really need to. Like, I think just yeah. learning more about how the characters like individually feel 
in ways that we would never, never, ever seen on the show already just enriches the entire Power Rangers, like, lore in general, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, that kind of ties in. I, I know I'm jumping quite ahead, but even the most recent issues of Necessary Evil... You see them taught like Squad and Babu are still on the sidelines, but even they're kind of like all in for Lord Zed right now. So it'll be interesting to see how Gogo still ties back to this current arc. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves. No. We're in part. We're in part nine now. Right. right. <laughs> but, but no, like o- overall. This mini arc, I like the color change and it even set up the the end of the next arc because we got hints of what we now know was Alpha One um, kind of covering and doing these text messages. I think that reveal was in issue 17, but they were, they were starting to build that in these issues because of Trini and Jason's absence. And I just really like the ongoing story, just rereading some of these. I think it's great artwork. I think Eleonora stepped up. Of course, she's no Dan Mora, but... Well, no, she did a fantastic job. Yeah, and she did some amazing morph sequences when I was looking back in some of these PDFs or, you know, of of the issues, like just really fantastic artwork overall i think this was a fun mini arc that you mm-hmm. know paid off for the the back half of uh what we'll talk about in in an upcoming episode but overall i really liked how these four issues focused on trini and jason uh the backstory that we got for trini the flashback in issue 15 was great you know we actually saw her at a different school because her dad was in the army and they were moving around. That's what I really liked. Even though Matt left the situation in issue 13, we got the flashback of how Zach met Matt. And then we got in issue 14, the flashback of how Jason got into karate. And then of course the training flashback. And then issue 16, we get context for Rita 10,000 years ago. And with the first dragon ranger, the first person to use the coin, which failed because of things that will happen in upcoming issues. So I think Ryan Parrott has done a great job of setting up this arc. And you know, what we thought was going to be, Oh, they're just color swapping. It turned into something uh, much larger. Yeah. I think um, this arc in general, I think it was needed. Because mm-hmm. I think Shattered Grid was just a very heavy event, especially across both comics. So it's cool that like while we're still setting up for, you know, Green with Evil, you know, here in Gogo, but it's nice that we were able to have fun like with this arc. And it's cool that I think even before this arc, I think there was a special also, like a back to school special. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, it was a back right. to school special that right. came out before this. So I think it's cool that Brian Perot did that as well. So it was fun. Also, if you didn't read Shattered Grid, you could hop on with that after school special and then just jump into 13 through 17 or however long this arc was. So it, it was cool. I, I like it. <laughs> well, I, I kind of uh, missed the whole after school uh, special, uh, after school special, the whole back to school special. <laughs> I mean, all of Power Rangers is an after-school special. They taught a valuable lesson about not drinking. <laughs> Just say no to drugs. Zach gets hooked on caffeine pills. <laughs> He's so excited. He's so scared. Well, they did that whole PSAs back in the day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they did. 
All right, so we'll take a break uh, before we get into the first part of Beyond the Grid, and we'll talk about the anniversary special. So this was released uh, last year. Uh, this was definitely, I, I think this was after Shattered Grid or during it. Cause there it was, was some, during. Yeah, during. Yeah. So they had a special that was in conjunction. So there was also the 2018 annual, which we talked about in a previous episode. Uh, but they did this um, anniversary special that released a couple months before the show's anniversary. And this uh, celebrated 25 years of Saban's Power Rangers. They had uh, Magdalene uh, Visaggio, uh, Joe, how do I pronounce that? Joe Quin- Quinoa? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, delicious. <laughs> Quinones, maybe? I don't know. Quin- Quinones, pardon me. Uh, Cena Grace, who is now on uh, co-writing for Go Go Power Rangers, and more pay homage to the worldwide phenomenon with original standalone stories throughout the Power Rangers universe. If you missed out on the special, you can actually pick this up in Power Rangers Lost Chronicles Volume 2 collection, which is out now. That uh, brings together the 2018 annual uh, with all the Shattered Grid side stories, as well as this anniversary special. So it, it's a really nice uh, collection to collect all those side stories together. Uh, we had Pet Project, with which dealt with Scorpina and Tommy. We had Golden Ideas, where jump forward to season two of Power Rangers. Uh, Aisha and Adam fight Goldar. We had The Sweetest of Dreams, which was an Udana versus Horag comic and also featured Mystic Mother, which was great. Sealed, where uh, Ninja Steel meets the MMPR team through kind of a timey-wimey monster portal thing. And then we had, which I thought was one of the best stories, yes. uh, The Trial of Astronomer. So we won't go into every single one of these, but what were some of your favorite stories and, and maybe less favorite stories of these? I mean, I thought the first two were very kiddish and kind of weak, but I really did like The Trial of Astronomer. And the, the Udana and Korag one wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. The Pet Project one? To me, that felt like a paper cuts yes. story. <laughs> or like an Archie's or something. Like, remember like back in the day when like they would do those goofy ones on purpose? Like, I, I assume that's what they were going for, but I was just like, yeah. we don't need this. I appreciate the idea if they really wanted to capture like how campy like early MMPR was. But yeah. I feel like maybe part of the problem was that getting those first two back to back, because both of them were kind of silly and sort of empty. And also getting like getting this coming out in the midst of Shattered Grid, where it's like really high drama and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I can see what they maybe were trying to do, but I think it was just kind of the wrong collection to do both of those back to back in. Yeah, yeah. And I remember reading the second one, the Golden Ideas, and I, I like some of the ideas that they had in there with Adam and Aisha still thinking that they're not part of the team. Which now we're getting heavy in the current with necessary evil that issue 40 definitely dropped some drama for that but that issue in particular it was like confusing because 
all of a sudden, like I, it's I felt like I missed a panel. Yeah. And, and then, like she was holding the the formula, and all of a sudden they were big. Like it was just, <laughs> it was a page turn. I'm like, well, wait, what just happened there? Yeah, I think this collection would have benefited from being like three short stories instead of five because all yeah. of them felt. The Trial of Astronomy, I think, was paced out pretty well, but all the other ones felt, like, all of them felt too cut short. Mm-hmm. If they do these again, I think it should be fewer stories in them. What they should have done, you know how they released the, they did that, like, anthology collection of all the old Power Ranger comics? Yeah. They should have put these first two in there as bonus stories, like oh, they yeah. do with the uh, oh, yeah. the big bound volumes. They always try to slip a story in there, so you rebuy the giant thing, and when all you want is the one story. Put those two in that, because they felt more in touch with that stuff and then it would be a little incentive to rebuy that if you already have it yeah well, like i also feel like they honestly because since shadowed good was happening at the same time and shadowed good focused on obviously like the greater spectrum of power rangers you could have easily just tacked like one of those or a couple of little stories like at the end of like those issues because i think there was the whole adventures and ninja thing so you could have like substituted that a little bit <laughs> God. Yeah. In all of our reviews of Boom Comics, I never even mention those end of issue <laughs> stories. I don't even yeah. read them. Me neither. <laughs> I just go, up. Oh, it's over, and I just put it aside. <laughs> I like the Ninja and Blue Centurion ones the most out of all of yeah. them. Mostly because they're like boyfriends in it, and it's cute. But there's like nothing <laughs> substantial ever in them for the most part. But one thing that, that they did a misstep on was like there was one issue where they like repeated the last issue story and i was like do i have a misprint <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of bad as someone who does like mystic force especially udana i thought the sweetest of dreams was a great prequel to the show considering what we know happens with liam bow and everything mm-hmm. and the fact that they added mystic mother in there too was great so I really like the art for that one. And then I will note for Sealed, that was written by Matt and Michael of uh, the Ranger Danger podcast. Yeah, I really like that one a lot, like in theory, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it was like it was written fine and everything. But I think that one really, really, really suffered from how short it had to be just from like the yes. length required because I think the concept is actually really smart. Like for if you want to do a nice little team up type, there was the most anniversary thing in this anniversary special i feel like yeah and i think it was handled in a way where it wasn't like too heavy-handed about it being an anniversary thing it was just like current team meets old team and also like a nice little projection into the future potentially like the fact that they do have their little timey-wimey monster fight does like kind of give them an opportunity to reference some rangers in the far future have dragon fire and that can be any team in the future who knows which one it is and it's a nice little like tied together thing but it's just it goes by so quickly and there's just like no depth to it you know i also kind of feel like that was a little bit on purpose because i think a couple months after if i'm not mistaken was the dimensions in danger special yeah, I feel like it was different enough from from that yeah. though that they could have still had a pretty cool story with it, you know. Not true. But you know, again, I don't I don't knock them for it. It's just like they only had a few pages to tell that story in. So what can you do? I just thought it was funny with with Mick and Alpha Five. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, I think I agree with all of you. The trial of Astronomer was really fantastic. I like that concept that maybe Corone doesn't want to be atoned. She wants to pay for her sins as astronomer. 
Yeah, it does a nice job, I think, because there were moments in Lost Galaxy right after she enters where you kind of get that guilt from her a little bit, but then Mm -hmm. like lots of plot happens and they don't really get time to address it because she's really not on the show for that long. So I like kind of carrying that thread. It seems like like a no-brainer, honestly. Um, yeah. I'm glad that they're going to be taking it further with the, the Psychopath graphic novel later. But yeah, it was a great idea. I'm glad they handled it like that. I always have this thing with Power Rangers where like I feel like the Power Rangers don't suffer enough consequences for their actions because they go around you know, just blowing things up. Monsters get thrown into buildings, X, Y, Z. And I like the fact that we're seeing some type of consequence for actions. You know, Astronema mm-hmm. was evil. She did turn good. But at the end of the day, she was a pretty, you know, bad person, you know, when she first started out. So it's cool that, hey, there's some consequence here. You know, you can't even oh. know you're Power Ranger. You can't escape everything. You know, real life happens. And it was cool that they even added, it was Doggy Kruger as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought for a second that, you know, maybe it was like Kyle Higgins or someone who's writing this because, <laughs> we, because they, like he always does this thing where he uses a certain season, aka Mind Move from Power Rangers, but takes other elements from the Power Rangers universe and builds mm-hmm. that story up. So that was also really cool. And again, I'm really happy that they're going to, most likely expand on that with the graphic novel. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, it's like kind of like what you said with the consequences, like dealing with the consequences. I appreciate how it really acknowledged that Corone wasn't under a spell when she was astronomer. She yep. was just like raised to believe that. And like, those were her actions. Like no one else was responsible for it other than her. And the fact that, you know, Andros really cares about his sister and he's, he's trying to do what he thinks is the right thing because he doesn't want her to die that i mean he doesn't want them to execute her but at the same time you know that puts like another layer on on their relationship and gives them a little bit of distance and i hope that this is i i feel like this is the prequel to the psychopath i feel we're gonna explore the consequences of this story uh in that and uh the whole doggy kruger thing I like that they're placing him early enough in the timeline where he's not fully integrated on Earth and he's created the SPD Earth branch. I really like that he's still out there as a refugee in the void. And yeah, he went to this trial because she, Astronema, gave the the codes of the shield defenses to Emperor Grum, which led to the downfall of his planet. So even though he's in this one panel, it was really neat to have him show up. That was unexpected for me. I loved it. It adds like another layer, not only to his character, but you see in addition to the show, just how evil Astronema was in the actions that she did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think the strongest out of the whole anniversary issue for sure. Absolutely. Any other comments before we move into Beyond the Grid? (laughs) Oh, boy. I'd like to thank you for having me, and I'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) Uh, Let let, let me get my uh, bottle of liquor real quick before we start. (laughs) Ooh, we turned this into a drinking game. I like that idea. (laughs) For every every complaint, take a shot. Oh, God. We'll be destroyed. Okay, Uh, first off, I do want to note that uh, issues 31 through 34 uh, will be collected in MMPR Volume 9, uh, which releases next month, September 18th. A good chance for you to reread the classic Beyond the Grid story. (laughs) We call it Beyond the Mid on the Legion podcast. (laughs) 
think that's still generous, but all right. Oh, man. Beyond the mid. I love that. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, the the premise of this uh, Shattered Grid is over, and now a new team of Power Rangers must rise. A new era begins as award-nominated writer Marguerite Bennett from Batwoman and Animosity and artist Simone DeMio from Doctor Who, the Tenth Doctor, introduce an all-new Power Rangers team unlike any other. <laughs> what is the secret behind this new team and what ancient evils threatens the future? Okay, first off, I'll get it out of the way. Beyond the Grid as a whole, this first half, I think... Stop I don't trying know. to butter it up and just say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rip the band off. <laughs> These are some of the worst comics in the series. I, I've said it. They are. That's how they're unlike any other. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> when I got, I was so excited for the concept because when you hear like that, oh, that yeah. synopsis, you're like, oh, hell yeah, let's get it on. And I think Shattered Grid it ended so crazily. We were like, Oh my God, what, what's going to happen to that team? Because they, they left that door open when I got this issue. Okay. Let me address the elephant in the room. uh, Simone DeMio. These first four issues in this run are rough. And I will say, I do love the layouts that he was able to do. And when they're in Ranger form, his drawings of the Rangers look great. The layouts, he did some amazingly unique layouts where you had these panel transitions that were just really uniquely laid out that as a designer, I really enjoyed. And the one that really got me was the panel where it had a cutaway of Terra Venture. And it was kind of like this collage of, you know, what was going on. Eric, but Eric, no, I'm saying I'm getting to the bad part. Now, I'm, I'm, Eric, is this I'm, your kid? I feel like you're no, spinning. I, no, no, I no. I feel like you're breaking up with somebody and you're trying to explain to them. How you think they're a good person with a great personality and they're going to go on to do great things. But with you, it's just not going to work. That's what I feel like you're doing right now. No. Okay. But his faces are terrible. They're the worst. Most of these characters were almost completely unrecognizable. Andros looked like a zombie. It was weird. They all look like zombies. Cam doesn't have brown hair. And I knew something was wrong because issue 33 had three artists. Simone did a couple pages. There was French Carlo Mongo and Francesco Mortorino. And that's when, oh, wow, we get faces that I recognize now because another artist was doing it. (laughs) They were just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. (laughs) But 31 and 32 were just, in terms of the Ranger faces, were horrible. And 34 also had Simone DeMio and also Francesco again. And then 35 was completely drawn by French Carla Mango, which was the heckle. Yeah, that heckle face was priceless. Did you ever see, like, I think it was Corey. He drew, like, uh, rectangle glasses on him and said, I sell propane and propane accessories. (laughs) 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 And it's so true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, boy. 31 through 34, I think, had a ton of problems. I mean, the whole arc did as a whole. Uh, but I think when Simone came back after 35, it was like he was almost a whole completely different artist. The faces actually looked alive and had depth to them. But these first four issues, I really don't know. I, I'm really curious behind the scenes what was going on. Because to bring in three artists to handle one issue, that screams, oh my God, this is just, we need to make a course correction. <laughs> that was, we're losing them. We're losing them. <laughs> hey, that's what it looks like when sales dip. Uh... All right, are the gloves off now? Can we roast it? Please. Oh, just just <laughs> roast these first four issues. <laughs> All right. So here's what I have to say. Like you said, going back to when they showed us the cover of that first issue at Power Morphicon with that team, I was really excited. I'm like, hey, it's something that's not an MMPR. It's a mm-hmm. really cool group of Rangers. I'm really excited to see what they do with this. And I was so pumped. And then you get that first issue and use of the layouts were neat. And I'm not telling you you're wrong, but I half the time couldn't tell the flow I was supposed to read because it was like a box here bubbles over here. It's like, do I read from the bottom and go up? Do I read from the top and go down to the left? No, you read le- left to right, especially can, on those spreads. Can we spreads. also talk about how much reading there was? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It was like, go ahead. I mean, most of those issues were them just sitting around talking or like we'll beam to the planet and sit around and talk there. And I'm like, okay, great. And it just like, okay, we're introducing the Solar Ranger, and I was excited for that because I liked the design, and that was neat. But even that was boring. It was like, yeah, I have this thing. It gives me Ranger powers. I don't know where I got it. Okay, cool. Like, like it just it didn't go anywhere, and I was confused. And a lot of the like color scheme of the whole issue was like a lot of greens and purples, and it was just very like drab and I didn't really, I could hardly tell what was going on, but then it's like the surprise was there's nothing going on. <laughs> so it was just like, <laughs> you got all excited for this really new random hodgepodge of Rangers. And I'm like, I like all of these Rangers. You know what I mean? I like the suits. I like, I'm excited to see them do stuff. And they're like, cool. First thing we can't morph. Okay. Like, that's cool. <laughs> like I just, uh, I don't get what they were going for. Is this lost? Here's something. So issue 31 Obviously, that sets up, hey, where are we? What's going on? But when you read it, this single issue takes place over a span of 40 days. Like, they note the time change. That's a little crazy to me. Then 32, the the Rangers were introduced to uh, Alarion, the Solar Ranger, and then they fought some Crimson Raiders, and then you got the General Palpatine moment, uh, at the end of 32 with uh, Praetor and then 33, they go back to her planet and you find out the backstory of how she got the solar tricks and then 34. Okay. Then Praetor finally attacks and you get their Zords, but you know, this is over the span of the four months. And I was like, come on, like, where are we getting like, you know, four episodes in and we're just now fighting the bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And half the time, like, because I didn't know who these new characters were, half the time I would get them confused. I'm like, wait, is this a girl who's the Solar Ranger or is this her friend? Because they look really similar to. And I just, well, I don't know. It was hard to follow. And it was just, it, here's the thing. You went from nonstop excitement to crazy boredom that felt like homework every month. And you're just waiting for something to happen. It was just such a, 
like tone shift. Do you know what I mean? Well, that is, you had all this energy built up, and then you just dumped it. There's even more to it too, and I, I've I've talked to Eric about this, just him and I mm-hmm. back in the day. But the difference in the writing was really apparent because with Kyle Higgins prior to uh, Marjorie and with uh, Ryan Parrott, when they write these characters, they write them as if you don't know who they are, right? So they actually right. take time to build these characters. I feel like in Beyond the Grid, they just went with, oh, well, you know who he is because he was on Lost Galaxy and he was on Ninja Storm yeah. and he was on Dino Charge. So we're not right. going to do anything to explain anything about their characterization yeah. or why they think because they were on the TV show. We're just going to go ahead and start writing dialogue. And tell also, I felt like big grandiose didn't know story. The characters at all. Well, yeah, because Cam doesn't have brown hair, but he did in the comic book. <laughs> oh, also, Cam tell, tells jokes, guys. I, I I was like, wait, is this Cyber Cam? Like, what the hell is going on here? It was just... That was the episode of Ninja Storm she watched. She's like, oh, I like this Cam guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The issue I had overall with the writing was there was so much exposition It felt like characters were talking over each other, finishing each other's sentences, like they just broke up the word balloons of one explanation (laughs) to several characters, and none of their voices were clear. Like, you had Tanya, who was like, suddenly became Mother Teresa for some reason, but that was it. Like, Cam told the jokes, Andrews was still a little broody, but it was like these gross generalizations of these characters. And I I think that shows that, you know, she was given a synopsis of like, Hey, these are what these characters are like, but it was just so exposition heavy for me. They told more than they showed. And then what they showed wasn't pretty to look at. No, I think the, the major red flag here was, um, yeah, I've been following, I said this on, on the podcast as well. Um, I've been following DC Rebirth like since the start of it. So mm-hmm. I remember when Batwoman was a thing. And then Batwoman didn't last very long. I think Batwoman lasted for, I want to say, a year, maybe less. And then it was canceled. So then when I was at PMC and they made the announcement that Margaret Bennett was doing these comics, I was a little worried because it was like, wait a minute. The last comic that she just did got canceled. So what happened beyond the scenes to make everyone decide, hey, let's let, let's stick with Margaret Bennett? So, I mean, I decided to give it a go. I actually liked 31, even though it mm-hmm. was a little confusing at times. And again, like, I think my biggest gripe is with Cam because yeah. this does not seem like Cam, like, at all. But, um, yeah, I thought 31 was fine. And then as it went on, I was just like, why am I bored with this comic? Why does it feel like I'm waiting forever? Why does this arc feel like it's taken like three years when it's only been a couple months? Like what, right. what's going on? And, you know, I, I think they, they front loaded this story so much because I, I get issue 31. You got to get a lay of the land. You got to drop them into this, but solar Ranger boom, like let's get going. And then it's just like, okay, we're, we're talking to her in a bar. Then we're going to follow her to this planet. Oh no, we're being attacked. And then, hey, we got these cool Zords, but we still don't know who we're really fighting. And that's like four months of this comic. Well, I think another part on top of all that, and this isn't to take anything away from the Solar Ranger, but we're all sitting here talking about how excited we were to have the Magnet Defender and the Ranger Slayer and the Dark Ranger and the Ninja Storm Green Ranger. And a majority of the characterization and story focused around 
uh, Ilarion, the Solar Ranger, um, a character that is brand new from a world we don't know, who we know was most likely not going to carry over afterwards. Uh, I, I think a lot of the downfall for some people was the expectation of, you know, all these classic characters that they love, and then they were pretty much side characters to mm-hmm. the Solar Ranger story. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, except if you don't write an engaging story, if you're going to use side characters correctly, like, I'm not going to s- spoil your Part 7 comic recap when they start talking about, like, who the main bad guy is and what the power source is and all that stuff. But just to reflect again about what we talked about earlier, about how Kyle and Ryan were so good at, at adding things that paid off to different seasons or later seasons, you know, like Promethea just happens to be the Terra Venture ship that they use in Lost Galaxy, like... We as longtime fans see that and go, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, but they never bring it up in the story until obviously Shattered Grid. Here, it's kind of like it was just things are just dumped to to be like, oh well, this is what they like. So okay, uh, here's uh, we're gonna throw this random thing in here that makes no sense. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like if this story one had them uh, correctly interpreted, you know, like Cam actually being Cam, Mike mm-hmm. being not square jaw person. Sorry, all I can think of all the panels of Mike, and he had this giant square jaw, and I was just like, <laughs> I don't understand. And giant, giant lips. And I'm like, what And what am I looking at here? It had so much potential, and it was so exciting, and you guys noticed that Boom Studio stopped advertising the comic as much as Beyond the Grid continued? Oh, yeah. And didn't like, they cut issues out? Wasn't it supposed to be longer? Uh, no, no, it was always going to 40. Oh, well, so, okay. um, yeah, it was always going uh, nine issues or one through 40 or whatever, but it just, it felt like, okay, they knew that they had these nine issues to tell. I felt, especially in the later half, they didn't know where the hell they were going to go or resolve this <laughs> issue. And what I, I think they should have done in the early part of this arc was make the Praetor a thing, like do a parallel story with him which is what's been so great in Go-Go Power Rangers and Mighty Morphin. You're telling the bad guy story alongside the Rangers and tie them together. They tried to make him this big mysterious thing, but you know, four issues in, and then we, we finally get like, oh, he's attacking them in space now. Like, <laughs> that's the first time that they meet him is four issues in. And I feel like it could have been paced way differently. Yeah. I think that it would have benefited because it was, it's clear like towards the end that this was more, more like the solar Ranger story and like the Praetor story mm-hmm. than it was our like actual grid Rangers, which I think would be fine. Um, I think that they, they would have needed to establish that from the beginning. Cause I think part of the problem with the early issues is that like, it's hard to really tell who we're supposed to be following. And then we don't really get like the solar Rangers perspective until about midway through. So like we're sort of following our group of protagonists and trying to kind of figure out how they work together. And then suddenly it's pretty much just like solar Rangers story. And I think like, because I really, I actually disagree with, um, with what you said about like not knowing where they were going towards the end. I think they knew exactly where they were going. The trouble was just kind of navigating how they were getting there because they had too much they wanted to do. Um, sure. It's hard to have to cram at the end, but I think it is ultimately like really clear what like the theme of the story is and what they were trying to say about it. But like by the time that we get there, I think 
our expectations were We were, we were, were tired. Very, we're tired. Yeah. <laughs> and the expectations from the beginning that were set up, I think, were pretty off. Like, I think that there's a lot of potential here for a really strong story. Like, if you pull out a lot of the right elements, um, especially mm-hmm. kind of this really kind of weirdly like optimistic nihilism kind of story where it's sort of like they're trapped in a meaningless like universe and they have to try to like still find hope and 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 ways to be heroic and, and learn how to be heroic like in the face of like utter hopelessness which i think is really great but i think we could have benefited from having a pov character that wasn't one of the rangers right from the beginning right. yeah also to like what i like about mighty morphin and gogo is just like at some point the core members of the team they get fleshed out and the problem here with Beyond the Grid is that besides, um, what's his name, Heckle, like, no one really gets fleshed out. It's like they just took these characters from the crossover, which, okay, that's cool. You you do that. But also, it would be cool if, you know, hell, we got some Magna Defender focus. If we got some, you know, Tanya focus, we already had Ranger Slayer, so we didn't need more of that. You know, if we had some focus on each of the characters. And because here's the thing, it's just like if a random person... A, a lot of people just stopped watching Power Rangers at some point, and when you pick up these comics, you can pick it up, you can learn about these characters, cool. When you pick up Beyond the Grid, you're just like, well, a random person, like, I don't know this person, I don't know this person, I don't know this person, I don't know that person. The hope is you're going to get some type of explanation on who they are, what dimension they came from. Dude, the only person that got that type of focus was um, Ranger Slayer. Well, I said Ranger Slayer because, you know, we had the whole thing with her and then Heckle. And then that's it. And one of the things I actually liked about issue 31 and early on, I liked the interaction that Ranger Slayer and Heckle had when they first introduced each other. Like, she was really curious because he was the same type of mysterious person that she was when uh, she was dealing with the MMPR team. So... I, I, I like that we got more backstory on Heckle and, you know, we'll say that for the next episode, but I have to agree with you, Ro. Like if someone was coming into this, you know, after the amazing shattered grid and where I think Kyle did just enough to capture each of those Rangers that mm-hmm. were featured, that weren't part of the main one to at least inform a new reader, give them just enough to know who, each of these people are. And the problem with beyond the grid is that when you have, when you split up that exposition between all these characters, they lose their voice and they, they lose what makes them unique. You know, I, I never really got Mike's suicidal tendencies in this whole arc. Like I did watch lost galaxy, but you know, at once he became Magna Defender, it wasn't like, oh, woe is me. I got to sacrifice myself and, you know, try to get almost killed in an airlock. Like that, that whole like nihilistic, like woe is me thing. I never really got from Mike in the show. And it was those confusing. And again, everyone's mentioned cam like that felt like cyber cam, not the serious, more sarcastic in, in the show. Cam is sarcastic humor. Like, he's still serious. In this, I mean, he was saying things like, oh, hell's bells and dingle dangle and this stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) what the f***? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. 
<laughs> Some of the stuff, it seems like it's really hard with like Power Rangers characters a lot of times because a lot of them, a lot of the characters aren't super like deeply written. Like they're not necessarily sure. bad characters. They just, but they don't necessarily have a lot of depth to them. So I, I do think it's sort of an interesting experiment that maybe like they were trying to do with some of these characters where they're sort of like, let's pull kind of an aspect of them that isn't usually like super well addressed because we, maybe we don't know them very well. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that that was executed very well necessarily, but I, I kind of appreciate the concept of like with Mike, I kind of get the death wish thing a little bit because he wasn't suicidal on the show, but he did like sacrifice himself like multiple times on it or attempt to multiple times on it. And I can sort of see the natural conclusion of that being like, well, if you were to put that in the most strenuous of circumstances, maybe he's going to like keep doing that until he's actually, he actually is like, does have a legit death wish at a certain point. Um, And again, like I can't say that it was necessarily executed well in every case or in most cases, but I think that's like, I have a lot of mixed feelings about beyond the grid because there's so many Mm -hmm. times where I can sort of see the intent or see the potential in it. Um, It's just like, I don't know if it needed like more time or like to to be spaced out or like a little bit like of editing but i can see it just being like refined down to something really good i don't know i think about beyond the crit a lot actually (laughs) i see where you're coming from derek like you see greatness hints of what they could have done but i'm tired of like Power Rangers having this almost potential. Like we saw that like in Megaforce and to see it in comic form, I'm not saying beyond the grid was like Megaforce levels bad or anything, but you see some of the same type of missteps where it's like, why was that decision made over anything else? (laughs) There was like nuggets here and there of greatness, but man, you have to sift through a lot of stuff to get to that. I thought the Megazord like battle, like the very short one. I think I, I forget which issue it was. I thought that 34. was pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Like I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, like the hard light Megazords. They were really cool. Yeah, they're really well rendered. And I love that concept. They took that concept to the extreme that the morphing grid creates stuff and it creates Zords. So to have them do that for this issue was great. And I love the backup that you know, they didn't forget that there was the Promethea Zord Mm -hmm. still around too, which was great. I also wish that this was more focus on Grace as well. Yeah, I do. I totally agree with that. I was expecting to see more of her in it. You've got like potentially three great types of stories here. You got a, almost a sequel to Lost Galaxy. Well, now it's like a lost universe. So you've got this, like the ship is falling apart. We need to survive. But they did these massive time jumps in this arc where you're like, what is happening? So there could have been a great, Hey, this is a new universe. When going into this, I was like, Oh man, we're going to get like power Rangers, star Trek. They're going to go with strange (laughs) new worlds and kind of find out the mystery of, of what's going on. But we didn't get that. And Ranger Slayer, when she debuted, you're like, Oh crap. Is she an enemy? And then next issue, they're talking in a bar and then they're teamed up. So I I almost wish it was just handled differently where um, I forget if it was Derek, if you said that. But if if Alarian became that ranger where she was on the outside character from the beginning, like maybe her ship was like there when they teleported in and 
her ship got damaged and they, they rescued her and she's like, what's going on? And maybe it could have been from that perspective. Yeah. Well, then we, we can get the introductions to the characters through them meeting her for the first time because we're meeting them through her eyes, essentially. Exactly. But we're talking about what we got, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first few issues of of Beyond the Grid. Stay tuned for the next Ranger Command Power. (laughs) (laughs) Or we talk about this even more. (laughs) Yikes. So next month we will do uh, part seven where we'll wrap up these two major arcs. I mean, that's why I started with, with Gogo. Any other additional thoughts for, for what we talked about tonight? Oh, yeah. Um, I love how Beyond the Grid like, made me forget about the entirety of those other rangers that couldn't morph like on Promethea. Like, I forgot they existed. <laughs> I yeah, think they getting too, confused. Actually. I was like, wait, where did they come from? Have they been here the whole time? Like, why are they here? <laughs> <laughs> that was a point they really glossed over because in the fin- Shattered Grid finale, you saw them saving a whole bunch of rangers from Draken's base and loading them up into Terra Venture. And like, you got hints of that. Like there's this one really bad panel of, of Joel. Like I could only tell because he was black wearing a green shirt and had a cowboy hat. Other than that, <laughs> he looked like nothing like him. And, and then you, you saw like Mia cooking, but again, it was like a like, kind of like a faraway shot. So it was like super not detailed. They say like, oh, Mia, ha, ha, ha. And then Tyler and, oh my God, Tyler looked horrible. <laughs> I, I mean, he had that red vest that he always wore. But, you know, I, I like the interaction between him and Heckle. But aside from him actually saying his name, you just, you couldn't tell. And then this is for the last part of the arc. But they started this weird subplot where there was like some animosity between the Rangers that couldn't morph. And the there was like a whole nother story there that they completely either forgot about or tossed aside. I would want to read that story. That sounds like a lot better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, was to my point where they wanted to tell this like, oh, here's this new big bad. But at the same time, why couldn't this just have been a story of survival and like this whole loss in space thing? They didn't do that. They tried to put, I think, three different concepts together. I'll keep talking. about. <laughs> I do like the end of beyond the grid a lot more than the first half. Sure. I actually, I actually liked the end of it a lot, like regardless of a lot of the problems. So um, I have a lot more thoughts about like the end of it than I do like this first half. I do think it's a really, no matter what, like, even if you really love it a lot, I think it is a really slow like start to it, regardless. Yeah. I think it comes to a good conclusion, in my opinion. I totally get why, like, if you're not buying into, like, the last eight issues, you're not going to, like, enjoy it, and, like, randomly enjoy it. But I do, like, I do buy into the end of it, so I'm more interested to talk about the latter sure, half of it mm-hmm. than I am this one. And I did enjoy it more from an art perspective, because, like I said, once the, the French uh, Carla Mongo uh, issue 35... And when Simone came back for 36, again, I don't know if he just changed styles, if they told him, you better study these faces and get it right. But I mean, his artwork just took off. And to me, it was like, okay, the art's on focus, but I don't think the story matched up. But we'll talk about that for for next issue or next issue next or 
not next episode, but next one. <laughs> Anywho. Whenever we talk about this again. So I actually want to thank all you guys for joining me tonight on this episode. I just want to give you guys a chance to plug your projects and, and social media. So Chris, Toku Chris, we'll start with you. There's two Chris's here. <laughs> I know. And there was a really fun skit that was planned and that was axed the last <laughs> second. I'm not happy well, you weren't on that. time. That's why it didn't happen. <laughs> I had things to do. Um, I wasn't preparing for a skit. <laughs> exactly. Because I was already prepared. Um, let's see. So obviously I'm on Twitter at Toku Chris. You can also follow me at powerranger.com without all the vowels. vowels. I'm I'm tired of, (laughs) I I don't like doing that anymore. I got to figure out a new way to do it, but vowels are, vowels suck. So just go to powerrangerwithoutthevowels.com, uh, or power ranger site without the vowels until you get to site. Then you have to add the I and the E because, because it's not on brand because my boss made me pick that. Um, aside from... <laughs> he didn't from want it to accidentally be read as Power Rangers shit. <laughs> Still accurate, though. <laughs> 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 no, it's about legal liability and doesn't want to pay lawyers down the road in case it actually gets popular. Anyways, but yeah, do that, and then I guess I'm still technically at Toku Nation, even though I retired and then came out of retirement because of Common Rider. Thanks, Common Rider. Hopefully it's some news on that uh, coming soon. Hopefully. Hopefully, Ooh. trust. So, okay. And now, other Chris. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I guess first and foremost, my YouTube channel is YouTube.com/slash/LongsToys. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at clong83. I also have a podcast, Geek Each Week. Uh, you can find that on uh, iTunes. You can also follow that on Twitter at Geek Each Week. Um, I have another podcast, RRR the Streets. Uh, which is every Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific. I always say Western time, and that's not a thing that anyone says. <laughs> I'm like, you know, Western time. They're like, yeah, in the Old West, we'll shoot guns. Yes, thank you. 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. You can find that RRR Infinity on YouTube.com. I guess that's everything. Ro. Hey, you can find me on Rover Queen. So it's literally Oliver Queen. Just put the R in front of it. <laughs> it's a rollover queen <laughs> underscore. And um, you can find me in the Legion of Boom, which is L-E-G-1-0-N of Boom. And um, I have a YouTube channel as well. Just look up Rollover Queen Reviews because you're going to get Oliver Queen, of course. So Rollover Queen Reviews, look that up. And yeah, I also have Instagram as well. It's the same thing, Rover Queen underscore. And Derek. Cool. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. Um, you can also find my podcast, Walloping Web Snappers. So instead of a podcast about comics that were adapted from a show, it's a show about shows that are adapted from comics. So we talk about um, the spider, every Spider-Man cartoon ever, actually. Um, so that's Walloping Web Snappers on the 4 Radio Network. We are currently doing 2008's The Spectacular Spider-Man right now, which is a really great show. Um, it's a fantastic show, and we're having a lot of fun doing it. Um, you can also find me on YouTube under the show Second Chance. It's a video essay show. There's only a few episodes right now, but there is going to be a second season coming out uh, fairly soon. Um, but that's a uh, video essay show that kind of looks at like unpopular or like think media that's considered bad or divisive, um, and then kind of looking at it with a critical but still like positive lens, trying to pull out intent and things that are good about it and why people who liked it may have liked it. Uh, Beyond the Grid might actually be like a really good candidate for it. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, some might add that to the list of the future, actually. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Derek always roots for the underdog. <laughs> yeah. 
kind of. <laughs> That's why I like having uh, Derek on these because he always has a, a positive spin for a lot of stuff. And uh, I know he's taught me to be more positive when reviewing this type of stuff. So good. I uh, appreciate you, Derek. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So again, to our listeners, we will have links to all of our guest co-hosts sites and social media. So look for that on the show page. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and rangercommandpowerhour, all one word on Instagram and Facebook. So we've have a lot of great stuff coming up. Want to thank again all of our co-hosts to join us on this episode and hopefully next month where we will uh, conclude these two arcs for the Dragon Coin arc and the Beyond the Grid arc. In the future, we'll continue with uh, Necessary Evil. But again, you can find all of the links to synopsis, reviews, covers at the PowerRanger.com comics database. And a lot of that is also in conjunction, especially a lot of the research that Morgan has done over at Ranger Board. We'll also link to that. There's all of the covers you could ever imagine. So if you're into the comics, definitely check them out. Uh, Again, the volume collections are definitely the way to go if you want to jump in and not hunt down single issues until next time we'll catch you all later see ya bye see you you've been listening to the ranger command power hour only on the four-eyed radio network you can catch a new episode every other saturday find us on the morphin grid at www.rangercommand.com Follow us on Twitter at Ranger Command PH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash Ranger Command PH to learn more. Thanks for listening.